So starting off at uh, John chapter 6, verse 66, and the context around this is the, the story, we're picking up the story not long after Jesus had fed the 5,000 and declared himself the bread of life. So this is John chapter 6, verse 66. At this point, many of his disciples turned away and deserted him. Then Jesus turned to the twelve and asked, Are you also going to leave? Simon Peter replied, Lord, to whom would we go? You have the words that give eternal life. We believe and we know that you are the Holy One of God. Then Jesus said, I chose the twelve of you, but one is a devil. He was speaking of Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, one of the twelve who would later betray him. Chapter 7, verse 1. After this, Jesus traveled around Galilee. He wanted to stay out of Judea, where the Jewish leaders were plotting his death. But soon as it was time for the Jewish festival of shelters, and Jesus' brother said to him, Leave here and go to Judea, where your followers can see your miracles. You can't become famous if you hide like this. If you can do such wonderful things, go show yourself to the world. Even his brothers didn't believe in him. Jesus replied, Now is not the right time for me to go, but you can go any time. The world can't hate you, but it does hate me because I accuse it of doing evil. You go on. I'm not going to this festival because my time has not yet come. And after saying these things, Jesus remained in Galilee. Verse 10. But after his brothers had left for the festival, Jesus went also, though secretly, staying out of public view. The Jewish leaders tried to find him at the festival and kept asking if anyone had seen him. There was a lot of grumbling about him among the crowds. Some argued, he's a good man. But others said, he's nothing but a fraud who deceives people. But no one had the courage to speak favorably about him in public, for they were afraid of getting in trouble with the Jewish leaders. Then midway through the festival, Jesus went up to the temple and began to teach. The people were surprised when they heard him. How does he know so much when he hasn't been trained, they asked. Dropping down to verse 37. On the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood up and shouted to the crowds, Anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scripture declares, rivers of living water will flow from his heart. When he said living water, he was speaking of the spirit who would be given to anyone believing in him. But the spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet entered his glory. Thanks, Jason. Thank you, Blair. Let's pray. Pray with me. Lord, we thank you for your word, and we are asking that your word would come alive in our hearts this morning. We ask for the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Lord, we want to know you. We want to hear your voice. We want to come and drink of you this morning. So in this short time together, God, let your word bring transformation. Give us ears to hear. Give us eyes to see this morning. Amen. Good morning. Uh, I brought no props, but I did bring the shirt. So hopefully that that, that will tie in somehow. Um, If you don't know what I'm talking about, that's okay. Not important. Let's go from uh, rivers of living water to the Dead Sea. If I can have the uh, Dead Sea up behind me. How many of you have been to the Dead Sea? One, two, three, four, five, six... Um, I think I was there. I mean, I believe I was there. I was not born yet, but my mother was pregnant and I was there. But uh, I plan to go to the Dead Sea when it is the Living Sea, which is uh, something we'll hear more about in a moment. 
But you probably know about the Dead Sea, lowest place on earth. You don't really swim in it. You float on in it uh, 10 times saltier than normal seawater. Um, the reason it's so salty is it does have the Jordan River flowing into it, but it's got nowhere to go. It doesn't flow anywhere else. And because it's so hot and dry, just great quantities of that water that's coming in just evaporate, leaving a residue of, of salt and mineral. And so it was, it's one of the world's oldest day spas. Uh, King Herod built his, uh, you know, healthcare center there back in the day, apparently, because there is some good stuff that it can do for you. But in general, it's the Dead Sea. It's a lifeless place. There's no fish. There's no seaweed. There, there are microorganisms, but nothing your eyes going to see and go, wow, this is a place of life. Next picture. Thanks, Ryan. This is Lake Mary, and this is where I went for church picnics when I was younger. And uh, that's not the rolling surf. The white is salt. Um, so it's one of those places where you could race your car rather than swim at the right time of year. But um, that's where I grew up, middle of South Australia, red dirt, king brown snakes, uh, just riding your BMX around that. That's what we had. And then the Lord delivered me and brought me to Western Australia to the rivers of life, the dolphins, the blowfish, all those, all those, all that abundance we enjoy just down the road. But uh, I, I just wanted to give you the visual because uh, as Jesus stands up and speaks about rivers of living water, as the scripture has said, they're, they're in this context of the Dead Sea, but with promises of God bringing life. So let's uh, go into John 7. We're in John 7 because the last time we did the Meet Jesus series was a long time ago. We're in John 6. So after over a year, we've made ourselves uh, through almost a third of the book, and we're continuing on the next couple of Sundays in John 7 and John 8. So uh, here we are. At the Festival of Shelters, that's our context. Um, many of you know a little bit about this festival, the, the seventh of seven biblical festivals. We celebrate it here each year. It's part of telling God's story, remembering what God has done. And in the context of Israel, they're celebrating the, the end of the harvests. All the harvests have been brought in. They're celebrating the God who provided rain, who enabled them to have a harvest, uh, his provision, his protection there, remembering their story as the people who came out of Egypt set free from slavery into those 40 wilderness years. The God who was with them in that place, uh, doing things like bringing water from the rock in the middle of a desert, enough water to feed a whole nation of people, bringing bread from heaven to feed them and sustain them in all those years. So Jesus, we know. In the book of John, he's always going up to Jerusalem on pilgrimage because that's what Jewish men were instructed to do. And he does Passover. Uh, here he is at the Festival of Shelters. And as Blair read to us, his brothers have gone up ahead of him. And then in secret, he makes his way up to this festival. Now, something you may not know about the Festival of Shelters, it's a seven-day festival, and each morning, at the time of the sac morning sacrifice, one of the priests would go to the Pool of Siloam with this golden jug. We've got a picture of it here. 
and would pour it out on the altar as an, as a, it's called the water pouring ceremony. It's an offering of thanksgiving. It's also was a prayer for rain and rain symbolizing God's spirit. There was a prayer for the activity of God's spirit in them as a nation. And this is not uh, in the biblical list of instructions. And when God said, celebrate this festival to me, this was not part of it. But, you know, in your family, you build traditions over the years, birthday traditions or whatever traditions. And we know from the historical records that by the time of Jesus, this was... This was the regular gig, this water-pouring ceremony. So interesting, in light of seven days of a water-pouring ceremony, in light of a festival that in part is remembering the God who provides water from the rock, the God who provides and sustains in a desert place, Jesus gets up and makes this declaration about living water. Um, So it's in the middle of a great... Time of joy, water pouring, trumpet blasting, palm waving, psalm chanting. Uh, in the Jewish history books, it says, if you haven't been to Jerusalem for Sukkot, for the Festival of Shelters, you have not seen what joy looks like. They would even do things like, this is totally unrelated to where I'm going, but cool historical facts. They would take the old clothes of the priests, bundle them up into giant torches and set them on fire. The, the clothes, not the priests, not the old priests, the old clothes put them on the walls of Jerusalem to illuminate night and there would be dancing and there's cool stories about rabbis who could juggle knives and things like this. So it's a time of great celebration, great anticipation, a time of prayer for, for, for God. You've been faithful to us and would you be faithful in the year ahead? And as Jesus is continually doing as we read this Gospel of John in this Meet Jesus series, he takes the situation around him and he puts himself right in the middle and says the prayers you're praying the answers you're looking for the solutions you're seeking they're found in me so to read it again from john 7 on the last and greatest day of the festival jesus stood and said in a loud voice let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink We don't know if it was in the morning where they had just been doing the water pouring ceremony, but that would be just like Jesus to watch this and have the crowds gathering as they pour out this prayer of water, this prayer for rain, this prayer for God's spirit. And he says, whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within him. Or literally it says from within his belly, rivers of living water will come out. It's from that deepest place within a person. And by this, he meant the spirit. So Jesus puts himself in the center of the story again. In John 1, he was the Passover lamb of God. In John 2, he said, I'm the temple. Destroy this. It will be rebuilt in three days. In John 3, he showed Nicodemus, the kingdom of God comes to those who are born of the spirit. In John 4, he told the Samaritan woman, I can give you water that becomes an internal spring of eternal life. In John 5, he told the leaders who searched the scriptures that he was the one they were looking for. And in John 6, the feeding of the 5,000, he said, I'm the bread of life who can satisfy all hunger and thirst. And now here, in the midst of this, this festival, he says, come to me and drink. I'm the one who can give you living water. Now, Jesus said, as the scriptures have said, 
rivers of living water will flow. As the scriptures have said, of course, he's speaking to his fellow Jews and they have Genesis to Malachi. That's their Bible. That's their scripture. So is there a verse somewhere in there that he's quoting? Rivers of living water will flow from within you. Well, not strictly in that sense, but we've got many passages that point to uh, this water imagery. So what would it mean for the Jews of that day? If I can have that list of scriptures up behind me, there's, I won't go through them all, but some of you like to want to write down those references and look at them later. Isaiah 12 says, With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. Isaiah 44, For I will pour out water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground, and I'll pour out my spirit on your offspring. You see the connections? Water on the thirsty land, pouring out my spirit. These are the promises of Israel. So when Jesus says, as the scriptures have said, living water is going to flow, come to me. You see how he's putting himself right in the middle of it? As the priest is pouring out the water, saying, we thank God for his provision of living water. Jesus is saying, that's about me. I'm the source of that. These promises of of living water. Listen to this one in um, Ezekiel 47. There's a river of life that Ezekiel sees flowing from the temple. He has a vision of the end of the age. And this is where the Dead Sea comes in because water flows from the temple down into the Dead Sea. And it says, when it empties into the sea, the salty water there becomes fresh. And where the river flows, everything will live. You can read similar things in Zechariah 14. In other words... Israel has these promises of literal physical transformation in their region. That's why I said before, I plan to go to the Dead Sea at some point when it's a living sea. Because God is going to do something from his, his throne in Jerusalem that is going to transform the whole region. We're going back to Eden. It's going to spread out across the nations of the earth from that place where his throne is. But it's not just this prophetic promise of physical change for the nation of Israel. Jesus zeroes in on everyone who can hear his voice and says, Hey, there's an invitation for anyone who can hear my voice to come to me and experience rivers of living water. And actually, you guys are like the Dead Sea. But I want my river to flow in you and transform you. So if we can have those images side by side, the living waters and the Dead Sea, the question that was hanging in the air for everyone who heard Jesus' voice on that day was, will you come? What do you want? Where are you at? And the same question comes to us today. Where are you and where do you want to be? What will you choose? Dead Sea souls stuck in the sea of self, self-sufficiency, self-reliance. Even the physical picture of the Dead Sea is a picture of water flows in and it's just dead. Evaporation happens. There's no flow. There's no life. You just have a dead sea. It goes nowhere. And this morning I want to 
put this to us that one of the ways we know we're camping out the Dead Sea is when we're just doing life in our own strength. And we might have a lot of activity, but we don't have a lot of flow in terms of life. Reoccurring restlessness, a feeling of hurry, tendency to worry, quick to frustration, keeping score of how much we're getting and why aren't I getting more? Or why isn't this happening instead of living open and free in the flow of God's life? So I want to talk about some things that can help us get in that living river this morning. Because you're a spirit, a soul, and a body. Right? That's how God designed us. Body, soul, and spirit. And we're very familiar with physical thirst. But our soul and our spirit have a thirst. In the same way, if we don't drink water to sustain our physical bodies, we don't function properly, if we don't come to Jesus for this living water, our souls shrivel, our spirits do not function in the life they were intended to. You know that if you're thirsty, you're not supposed to go get some more coffee or get that Coke out of the fridge. That's not going to help you. But so often that's what we do with our, our souls, right? What are we consuming? We feel the uncomfortable feeling of thirst and we've got to fill it with something. But if we don't go to Jesus, we become, we have the feeling of fullness, but we become malnourished. And, and that's the world we live in. It's a world that is thirsting and hungering for God, but that thirst and that hunger is covered over because we just, live in a diet of junk food. So we feel full, but we're, we're, it's malnutrition and not functioning as we were designed to function. So I don't know if you picked it up in, in the, the reading that Blair gave us, but we've got a mixed crowd that's hearing Jesus. We've got his brothers who don't even believe in him. We've got people saying, maybe he's the prophet, maybe he's the Messiah. We've got the religious leaders who have sent temple guards to go and arrest him. And we've got the religious leaders who just want to kill him. And Jesus says to all of them, and by implication to all of us, let anyone who is thirsty come. See, everyone is invited, but only those who acknowledge their thirst and their need will be able to drink. Mr. Edwards used to sing that song, only the hungry dine, only the thirsty drink. So the condition for receiving this living water from Jesus is need. Need. At New Life Kids on Thursdays, we're going through the Beatitudes, teaching the kids that blessed are the poor in spirit. In other words, it is good to get connected to your need. Poverty of spirit, because that's the place where you go, I'm actually thirsty and I need to drink in life. Years later, Jesus would say it to the church of Laodicea in Revelation 3. He'd say, you say, I'm rich, I've acquired wealth, I do not need a thing. But you do not realize you're wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. In other words, your biggest problem church in Laodicea is you don't think you need anything. You need to get connected to your need. You need to get connected to the reality that without the flow of my life, you're a dead sea soul. 
You can't sustain life. You can't overflow with life. But if you're thirsty, if you acknowledge your thirst, then you can come and drink. And you can experience rivers of living water. The condition for receiving this water is just need. That's it. Anyone who's thirsty can come and drink. And that's the action. Come and drink. So how do we come and drink? Well, Jesus says, whoever believes in me. We could spend a lot more time on what it means to believe in the gospel of John. He's always talking about this. In fact, he says at the end of the, the whole gospel, I think John twenty thirty one, these things were written so that you may believe and by believing have life in his name. That's his whole point for us to believe in Jesus. And belief is not intellectual agreement. It is something that translates into how I live and how I behave and action. If Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey me. So belief includes action. So we come to Jesus in the scriptures. We come, we read of him, we learn from him, we obey him. That's a big part of it. We come and drink of Jesus and the flowing rivers of life by cultivating our friendship with the Holy Spirit. I want to spend a, a moment here to talk about friendship with the Holy Spirit. Because John gives us this comment, doesn't he? Rivers of, rivers of living water. By this, he meant the Spirit. By this, he meant the Spirit, who those who believed in him were later to receive. So you're with me so far. We've got the Dead Sea, and we've got the picture of living water that's going to come. We've got Jesus saying, come to me and drink. And I can transform you from your Dead Sea into a, a river of living life. River of living, wow. I said livers of water and our wives of... It's just uh, one, of those, one of those days. Those who believed in him would receive from him the Holy Spirit. So not only has God become a man and is now walking the same ground you walk, but he's saying that God, the Holy Spirit, is coming and you can receive him and he's going to live inside of you. Can we just take a moment to appreciate the enormity of what Jesus is referring to here? Rivers of living water can flow in you. By this, he meant the Spirit. The Spirit of God. The Spirit who hovered over the waters before anything else was created. The eternal Spirit of God would be like a river flowing within you. So the question is, is that your reality? Is that my reality? See, the, the Holy Spirit takes up residence in us when we come to Jesus and call him Lord. You can read that in Romans 9. Every believer has the Spirit within them. But the expression of the Spirit, the streams of life that begin to flow, they happen as we walk in partnership and in friendship with the Holy Spirit. So the measure with which he expresses himself in our thoughts and our emotions, that grows progressively. So do you have a trickle or do you have a river? The more we engage our mind with the indwelling spirit, 
the more our mind and our emotions are renewed, and the more our mind and our, our emotions, our hearts are renewed, the more God is able to express himself through us. And that's called rivers of living water flowing from your innermost being. Think about this. The Holy Spirit is not a power source. He is not a lightning bolt. He is not a Wi-Fi connection to heaven. He is not a button you press on and off. He is a person. He is God. And how do you have friendship with people? You spend time with them. You cultivate friendship by being with one another, by speaking to one another. And this morning I want to give you an action plan for moving forward from from a dead sea life into being a river of living water by talking to the Holy Spirit, by taking seriously what Jesus said at the festival of shelters when he said, come to me, believe in me, and rivers of life are going to flow. That's your portion. That is your portion. That is what Jesus wants for you and me, and he wants to help us get there. And so... I want to encourage you to be someone who pursues friendship with the Holy Spirit. Talk to the Holy Spirit. He wants to talk to you. He wants to give you new insights and ideas about Jesus. He wants to transform your ways of thinking and behaving and enable his life to flow through you. Here's the practical. If you want to walk in the Spirit, talk to the Spirit. If you want to walk in the Spirit, talk to the Spirit. Because He's longing to talk to us. He has things to say to us. But if we don't go into the conversation, we just stay like that Dead Sea. Just salty us. That salty sea of self. Relying on ourselves. Thinking about ourselves. But if we talk to Him, there's going to be a flow of life that satisfies our thirst and flows out in abundance to other people. Notice that some of you remember the story in John 4 when and Jesus is at the well with a Samaritan woman. He talked about a spring of life, an internal spring welling up to eternal life. The distinction from that, that, that's very similar to what we're talking about, but a distinction that Jesus is talking about in John 7 is about rivers that flow. And remember the Dead Sea, it just gets stuck. It can't flow anywhere. It just evaporates. Jesus wants to satisfy you, fill you, and for it to overflow through you. Talk to the Holy Spirit. If we talk to the Holy Spirit in our private lives regularly, it will begin to overflow in public when we're with one another when we're interacting with our children, our work colleagues, it will begin to overflow if we cultivate this friendship, if we lean into it. The Holy Spirit is within you. He wants to talk to you. He has things to share with you. And it's mostly not the spectacular. It's mostly in the mundane and the ordinary. But those, that's where most of life happens. And that's where it matters most, that we have rivers of life flowing through us. So some of you have heard this before. I, I use go-to prayers that were taught to me, prayers like the trust prayer, T-R-U-S-T. How do we get practical about walking in the Holy Spirit, talking with the Holy Spirit? 
What about this? If you're at a zero, you can move to this. You can move to three times a day, three minutes a day. You can set that alarm on your, your smartphone. You can even set that three-minute timer. I hope that something triggers inside of you that it's got to be more than three minutes. But start there. Three times a day, three minutes. Just short phrases, lingering with the Holy Spirit, and a go-to prayer. I like a, to have a go-to prayer because it lassoes my wandering mind. It locks me in on something. So the, the trust prayer for those who don't know is simply praying along these lines. T for thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, you're with me right now. So I'm driving in my car. I'm in between appointments. I remember, oh yeah, fellowship with the Holy Spirit, rivers of life. So I'm going to pray the trust prayer. Thank you, Holy Spirit. R, release revelation to me, Holy Spirit. Right now, release revelation to me. You, use me. Use me, Holy Spirit. Use me where I'm about to, to go today. Use me. S, strengthen me. Strengthen me in my inner being. Renew my mind. Renew my emotions. Strengthen me with your power, Holy Spirit. And the final T, teach me. Talk to me. What are you seeing? What are you feeling, Holy Spirit? What are you doing? Very simple, very practical. I didn't make it up, but very useful for actually making this happen in our lives. If we want to walk in the Spirit, let's talk to the Spirit, so that we can, come, we can give Him a chance to say something, that we don't just live in the spirit of hurry going from here to there, but we slow down for even those three minutes a couple of times a day to hear what the Holy Spirit wants to say. Like I said, we often are inclined to think about the spectacular, and you know, you go to, you go to something like YouTube and search encounters with holy spirit or something it's going to be dramatic it's going to be something worth filming and uploading right but most of it's going to happen in the unseen hidden moments it's going to be things like how do i raise my kids it's going to be how do i act in my workplace today how do i act at school today it's going to be things like that hurt i'm going to choose forgiveness it's going to be like I could speak, but I really shouldn't. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for restraining my tongue. It's going to be like, I've got a strong opinion on this issue, but actually, how do I love this person who's in front of me right now? These are the rivers of life that Holy Spirit wants to flow out of us. Where we're not restless, we're satisfied. and We've got overflow. We've got life to give away. So Jesus wants to transform dead seas into living rivers. That's the picture. Riving livers. Li oh, my goodness. I'll just say it now. Someone go and edit this video later and just make a montage of all the words I said backwards. Thank you, Lord. You delight in our weakness. I like what Corey Russell said about friendship with the holy spirit he said you have a billion dollars inside of you stop living on 20 cents a day there's a billion dollars more inside of you you have access to the resource of god why are you living on 20 cents a day this salty dead sea come to the rivers of living water so here's who we're going to be 
Here's how we're going to be as people moving from that camp out of the Dead Sea to the rivers of life. Instead of living in the Dead Sea of self-sufficiency and self-protection and isolation, we're going to live in the flowing, giving, loving, spreading river of the Holy Spirit. Instead of being stuck in what about me and what do I get out of this, we're going to flow in giving and serving others freely. Instead of being stuck in a mindset of there's never enough, I'm missing out, we're going to choose gratitude and thanksgiving. And we're going to flow in joy and contentment. Instead of being quick to anger and frantic with worry, we're going to be able to flow in peace. Instead of living with a demanding spirit and clinging to my rights, we're going to be able to endure suffering and flow with the patience of Christ. Instead of always keeping score and living with a closed fist, we're going to be able to flow in kindness and generosity. Another way to say that would be the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. These are the rivers of living water that Jesus wants to lead us into. I love what... Ezekiel said in his vision of the Dead Sea being filled with a river that flowed from the the throne of God in the temple. He said, wherever the river flows, everything will live. Where the river flows, everything will live. Jesus said, whoever believes in me, rivers of living water will flow from within them. So instead of being people committed to being proved as right. We're going to be people who are known for being committed to relationships. This morning as I was reading through my notes, that just came through really strong. It's, it's, I've just scribbled in handwriting as an addition, but I felt like the Lord wanted to say this to us, that John thirteen thirty five, Jesus said, By this Everyone will know you are my disciples if you love one another. That's the river of life we want flowing. And the thought that was going around my head was, when this pandemic season is over, what will my legacy be? Will it be he loved well? In all the mixture of opinions... And all the data for this and that and whatever, and then the pro, the anti, the politics. Will I be known for my position, my stand, or will I be known because I love the person in front of me, wherever they're at? Because it doesn't actually matter. If you want to be in a, say you're in a camp, okay. If you want to say there's us and them, okay. I just want to obey Jesus and love you, and I want a river of life to flow from me to you. When this pandemic is over, what will our legacy be? And what about this? If we bundled together all our conversations about mandates and masks and vaccines, and I know know we can all apply this because we're all talking about it all the time. If we bundled that all together, And played it back. What would the impact be? Would it be a river of life 
Would it be a legacy of love? The love that Jesus said in John 13, the love that gives up rights and privileges for the sake of others. There's no political commentary or medical whatever attached to what I'm saying here. I'm talking about loving the person in front of us. And I just feel a conviction that I don't do that well. And I think there's others of you that would probably share that as well. And we're we're, going to end here with some prayer. Gracia, you can come up and help me. In fact, let's just go straight to prayer now because I feel like for some people, the last three minutes of what I just said might be the most important thing of anything I said. What will my legacy be? Jesus, help us. Thank you. You want the borders of life to flow from within me, from within us. Let's just humble ourselves before him this morning. We are a people in need. And if you're not feeling your need, you're not feeling thirst, just ask him to give you the gift of thirst, the gift of connection to need, because that's the place where we're blessed to be poor in spirit. Holy Spirit, help us in this moment right now. Help us not to rush off. in our spirits help us to connect with what you're saying what you are offering on that day as you stood up and proclaimed in the temple anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink and rivers of living water will flow from within them Lord we want that to be true of us We want the river of life to flow. We want the river of love to flow. Lord, I just want to make my confession to you that I don't love like you love. Friends, if you want to join in this prayer this morning and just as a physical action of coming, saying, I don't want to be stuck at the Dead Sea. I want to come to the rivers of life. If you want to make a response, you can come down to the the front here and just stand before the Lord we're not doing a prayer line or anything but just as a physical response to humble yourself and say Lord I need to drink of you I need rivers of life to flow in my inner being and just come and just stand as a physical posture of receiving from the Lord this morning Lord Jesus have mercy on us Have mercy on us where we do not love well. We are so easily caught up in the issues of the day. We are so quick to discuss these things that actually distract from Jesus. God, I ask for the gift of conviction. I ask for the gift to see ourselves as we really are to know there's no condemnation but there's an invitation 
to live differently, to be filled with life, to be overflowing with the Holy Spirit, to walk in the Spirit and not according to the flesh. Lord, help us. Take a moment to pray right where you are. Just whisper your own prayers to Him. Thank you. You want to help us today, Holy Spirit. Thank you. You want to become that mighty river within. that fruit of love in my life joy contentment patience long suffering Lord we're not good at suffering long help us kindness kindness when people are different to us where we think differently oh Lord may we be known for kindness the love of Jesus is flowing through us. Lord, where the power of our words is capable to destroy, God, forgive us. Restrain our speech. Let our words be rivers of life.